Welcome to today's podcast. This is the Moore and Collier Smith episode one. Today we're going to be talking about automobile accidents and what happens next. I'm introducing Doug Morey and Natalie Collier-Smith of Morey & Collier-Smith Personal Injury Law Firm. Good morning, or if you're listening to this in the afternoon, good afternoon, or if you're listening to it in the evening, good evening, uh, cyberspace. Uh, my name is Doug Morey. I am one half of Morey Collier-Smith. With me here today is, of course, Natalie Collier-Smith. That's right. And uh, Jessica Collier-Smith, who's hosting and uh, walking us through all this. Jess, how you doing? Doing great. Good. Good. Ready to get it going. Good. Um, we are going to kind of pull back the curtain here a little bit. Um, doing our first podcast. Uh, the We're still working on the title. I suggested the least boring attorney podcast on the internet. That's a working title. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you think so. Yeah. See, we've already got, we've already got one like. All right. So if you uh, if you listen to this right now, you can't be the second first person to like us, but you should be the second one. So go ahead and click like there. Just beat you to the punch on the first one. Jess is our host. I want to thank her because uh, as she's doing the technology and the hosting, um, and she's going to kind of ask questions that people would ask a lawyer during this so we don't get too bogged down in legal speak natalie is of course the brains of the operation as far as like the legal stuff goes so yeah, of course yeah that's me I, I will do most of the uh talking i probably but the witty banter the witty banter well, <coughs> well god help us if that's um but uh for the next uh, however long we are going to talk about what and, and uh if we sound like we're kind of yeah i don't say nervous we're all used to talking but uh the podcasting thing is new, so we're all sitting here on our, our table trying not to make any noises so you don't hear anything in the background. <laughs> we're, we're more accustomed to talking to jurors, not talking to, you know, doing the whole obstacle course thing of, you know, you, hey, I, can, I can imagine people listening in the background, why is that pen clicking? What? Okay, so so uh, forgive us if we sound a little stilted there, but be no, easy yeah, be easy on us. But no, we got a great setup here. I want to thank Jess for that because God knows if uh, it were up to me, I, we would, uh, I could holler out a window and probably be about the technologically advanced I can set up. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about uh, what happens after a wreck. Um, you get in a car wreck, uh, auto accident, uh, automobile accident, car accident, um, whatever you want to call it, and I'm totally not laundry listing that for search engine optimization reasons, by the way. Um, but whenever you get in any kind of car wreck, no one really knows what to do. And I wanted to spend some time, Natalie wanted to spend some time today talking about that. Uh, ever, we, we've had some people come in and probably make some mistakes after their wreck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's important because, you know, it doesn't happen often. So when you get in a wreck, it can be a scary thing. And nobody really talks about the minutes right after what you should do and the days after. So yeah. it's important to... Give people that good information. Exactly right. Um, when you get in a wreck, the very first thing you want to do is call 911. And I know you're probably thinking, well, gosh, that's the kind of sage advice we're going to get in this podcast. I can't wait to hear what happens next. But you'd be amazed how many people today don't do that. I started a couple of years ago here locally. I say locally as if I'm only talking to Kentucky. Um, here in Kentucky, they've... Um, there's been some issues recently with uh, police officers not showing up to the scenes of accidents. 
It's still important to call 911 for a number of reasons. Um, those calls are recorded, and your lawyer or someone else can get a copy of that recording for a certain period of time after the wreck. But more importantly than that, it, it just provides an objective way to get emergent help there. You know, we're, we're going to have some fun here and joke around some on this podcast, but you know, to be serious for a second, the most important thing by far is after a wreck is your health and safety. So you absolutely want to ensure that everything is as safe as it can be after the wreck occurs. And you really should get objective advice from an emer- a, a medical professional as to your medical condition. Call 911, tell them what happened, see if you need an ambulance, seek medical attention from there. Uh, I'm going to assume you agree. Of course, I definitely agree, yeah. Um, and even if you think, oh, this is just a little fender bender, I don't see a whole lot of damage, it's still really important to, to call 911. As you, as you say, document that the wreck happened um, in addition to bringing on whatever potential medical uh, personnel that needs to be there. But some people think, you know, it's just a little, it was just a little scratch or a little bump. I would always, 100% of the time, call 911 and get the police to the scene, and then you can figure out from there, you know, if EMS is necessary, or you should always go seek medical treatment, even if you don't go by ambulance. But, um, yeah, totally agree. So even if you think it's a, a minor wreck or a minor car accident, um, you should still always get the cops involved and, and uh, medical personnel eventually. All right, we'll see if it's unanimous. Jess, you with us? Yeah. All right. Total sense. All right, so let's pop quiz. You get a wreck, what's the first thing you do? Call 911. See, this podcast is already helping people. All right, <laughs> All right so you get in a wreck, call 911. You want to make sure you get the medical attention you need after you're in that car wreck, and you want to make sure you've memorialized the comp- what happened, and you also just want to it just calms the situation down. You know, different people respond in different ways to wrecks. Some of them, uh, can, some people can get kind of angry and, and kind of out of hand. Thankfully, it doesn't happen too often. But you call 911, it kind of provides a calming presence and lets people know, hey, I, you know, kind of better keep control of myself and police are on their way. That's a great point, too. And if it is contentious, which it some oftentimes can be, um, and you have people arguing over what happened, that does bring a, an objective third party in to at least take statements from both sides. And you can get, hopefully, all of that makes it into a police report um, or an accident report. Um, so, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. If it is contentious, it's always good to have somebody else there that can kind of document it from a, uh, a calmer um, third party, neutral, maybe, um, position. That's, and I, I, that transitions perfectly into the next step of this, which is the ideally the arrival of the police. I say ideally because I know here locally, um, it was on the news recently, that police have not been responding to non-emergent accidents. We're going to treat this like they still are, and I want you, if you're in a wreck, to do the same thing. I, I want you to call 911, and, and hopefully the police will arrive. Um, if, we'll talk a little later on the podcast about what happens if they don't, but for this, our purposes now, we'll, we'll act as if they are still going to. And I think in a lot of cases they still do. Hopefully they will. Um, when the police officer arrives, the police officer will take control of the situation and ask both parties what happened. 
he or she uh, will create a police report. And while the police report is not technically evidence because the police officer didn't see the wreck, it is still important because it does provide some memorialization as to both parties' um, interpretation of what happened. You know, if I, if Natalie and I, if I'm in a, if I'm driving my car and Natalie's driving her car, we get in a wreck. The police officer is going to ask me what happened. Going to ask Natalie what happened. And if I tell the police officer one story and then try to change it down the road, that's something that Natalie and her attorney will impeach me with uh, down down the road. Say, well, Doug, you told the police officer one thing, and now you're telling us something else. What's going on here? So it's it's sort of the first draft of history, if you will, the first draft of what happened in this wreck. So it's very important to be clear when talking to the police officer about what happened. Um, and EMS will also arrive if needed. Uh, I would strongly encourage, you know, we said number one, call 911. The second thing you want to do is seek medical attention. This is very, very important. Your, as I said earlier, your health and your safety are the most important thing after a wreck, more important than your case, more important than anything else going on. You absolutely want to seek medical attention. Um, there are injuries that can occur in a car wreck that are not immediately or readily apparent. Um, soreness and other types of injuries can kick in sometime later. Sometimes you hit, you hurt one part of your body in a wreck and it hurts so much, you're oblivious to the fact that you've also hurt another part of your body in a wreck. Um, sometimes you, you on such an adrenaline rush, you don't feel anything, and then 24 hours later, you can't get out of bed. Um, obviously, that doesn't happen in every case, thankfully, but it does happen in some. So the important thing to do is get checked out by a medical doctor. Go to the emergency room, seek medical attention. I would assume you... I, uh, I disagree with the no. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course, yes, absolutely. Um, we see that so often where... Um, you know, people think, oh, I'm fine. They don't go to the to the um, hospital right away, and then they wake up the next morning and, you know, they can't get out of bed or they can't, you know, can't get off the couch or whatever. So um, it, it is important to, and like you said, the adrenaline is rushing, especially if it's, you know, uh, if you've never been in a wreck, if it's your first wreck or if it's a bad wreck or something, there's a lot of other things that kick in um, to that, that might mask your actual injuries in those first minutes, hours, or whatever after, after the wreck. So, yeah, it is important to, to seek medical attention and make sure a doctor is telling you what your injuries are and you're not self-diagnosing that. Exactly. And um, I want to point out here that it, I, I'm a, we can't stress enough, the health and safety are most important, and I don't want to lose sight of that. Now I'm going to, take, I'm going to put my lawyer hat on for a minute. Um, as a lawyer, it's additionally important to go because... It provides to the, to the hospital or to a doctor because it provides a contemporaneous documentation of your injuries. The longer time passes between the wreck and some documentation of injuries, the likelier the insurance company is to say the wreck didn't cause the injuries or the injuries are just made up. Okay, I can't stress enough, and we're serious about this, you, you and your health are far more important than your case so go to the doctor because it's medically the right thing to do but this isn't a medical podcast it's a legal podcast so with my lawyer hat on i will say it's also a good idea to go because it provides 
a contemporaneous documentation as to what injuries occurred in the wreck. If you wait a week, a month, however long, then the insurance company just isn't going to believe that your back hurts because of the wreck. Okay, But if you get in a wreck, you go to the doctor, you tell them your back hurts, because it does, then it's a much stronger case. So most important, health, safety. The goal here is to get your back to not hurt anymore. But as your lawyer, I will also say that it helps your case to contemporaneously memorialize with a medical professional that your back hurts. Okay. I want to jump in really fast. Um, you all are talking high level, but I also, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm a mom, right? Like when I drive my van, my twin girls are with me at all times. So I know you all are talking high level, but, um, you know, I, I just want to make sure that this is talking to everyone, even, you know, the child that's in the car, you know, emergency needs to come and check everybody in the car. Correct? That's a great point. That's a great point. Thank you. Emergency needs to check everybody in the car. I'm glad you said that, Jess. Thank you. Um, see, I, we predicted the future. We said just 10 minutes ago at the beginning of this podcast, we needed somebody to come in and, and host to make sure we didn't just talk legal. And I'm, and I'm being serious because, um, and I hate to say this, but I, I have, I've, I've worked cases before where people come in and they get checked out and their kids don't get checked out. And I never really understood that. Um, absolutely get the kids checked out. Absolutely. Medical professionals should check out everyone who's in the wreck. And we're talking about if needed. Obviously, we don't mean if, you know, I mean, we're not trying to, you know, if you I don't know, uh, run over a curb or something. But, I mean, in, in a real wreck, if it's, if it's important enough for the drive, for the adult to get checked out, it's obviously important enough for the kids to get checked out, too. But you'd be amazed how many people, for whatever reason, don't do not do that. And that's unfortunate. But, yes, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, the children should also be checked out, obviously, by either, you know, uh, emergency room or the pediatrician. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you for, for that. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so call 911, and then second thing you do? Go get checked. Go get checked. All right. Medical help. Call 911. Seek medical uh, attention. That's the second thing you do. Now, once all of that is, is complete, the third thing you do in my opinion, is you call a lawyer. Now, I put that third, we put that third for a reason, because obviously the situation itself and your medical needs are far more important than the legal side of this. But this is a legal podcast, so now we're going to talk about where Natalie and I come in and what we do. Um, The first thing that an attorney will do is open a claim with both insurance companies. You want to talk a little bit about that? And then sure. We can... Yeah, so um, <clears throat> there's two claims. Um, pers- uh, the first that we open is is uh, called the PIP claim. Um, and PIP, which is kind of its own, we could probably do a whole podcast just alone on, on PIP, which is Personal Injury Protection, P-I-P, PIP. Um, that is, uh, again, like I said, a uh, uh, podcast in and of itself um, but in Kentucky we have what's called no fault laws or we're no fault uh, jurisdiction which means um, every insurance policy that's written in the state of Kentucky has to carry PIP coverage, personal injury protection coverage and um, so that's your own vehicle um, regardless of who's at fault uh, is responsible for paying that insurance on your vehicle 
is responsible for paying the first $10,000 of your medical bills, uh, lost wages at a certain cap, um, and then there's a few other things, I think $1,000 for funeral expenses, um, if, there, if it's a fatal accident, and I think that's it. But generally speaking, it's usually, the most common are uh, medical expenses and lost wages. Wait, are you telling me that if, if I get in a wreck, my insurance company will give me $10,000 free dollars? Well, I wish. Um, sometimes, oh, no. sometimes we wish that that's the case, but uh, but no, uh, there 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 is $10,000 available um, to pay medical bills and lost wages if you're, you know, uh, in a in a bad wreck and you can't work for let's say a week after, um, you can make a claim against your PIP coverage. They'll pay you uh, a little bit of money. There's a cap on it, um, which Incidentally, hasn't been changed for decades, so the cap is pretty low. People aren't always happy with that, but um, we should probably say we should probably save. This, I love the idea of doing a pip podcast down the road, but um, I, I love I, I don't want to jump in. I apologize. You said the cap; it's two hundred dollars. I mean, yeah. as you know, the um, the reason why this, the, the pip law passed in the personal injury protection back in the seventies, when um, the, the idea behind it was the people needed immediate medical attention and immediate wage help after a wreck. It, it predates a federal law called EMTALA that where now you can go to an emergency room and get treated. Okay, so back then there was a real need in the system for people to have a sort of a gap filler between who's going to pay for this doctor and who's going to pay my wages while the insurance companies are sorting out who did what and to whom. Um, Frankly, it's a bit outdated in some ways. The main one being, like you just said, they never update. It's $200 a week in wages, yeah. so no one's getting rich on that. But it is there, a $10,000 fund called PIP, or Personal Injury Protection, that will pay for your medical bills and wages up to $200 a week uh, that arise out of the accident, regardless of who is at fault, Okay, even if you're at fault. Even if the wreck is completely your fault, there is $10,000 there of medical um, help, which is important because I know we just moved on from this, but that's another reason to go seek medical attention. I mean, you've, you've paid for it when you bought your insurance. You, you, right. It's there. You paid for it. You may as well use it. So, so it's, it's, it's no matter what insurance you get, right? In yeah. Kentucky. Now, you can opt out of it, but that's rare. Um, in Kentucky, we're what's called a no-fault state. So when you, get a, when you get a policy either written in Kentucky or an out-of-state policy written by a company, an insurance company that's licensed to do business in Kentucky, then yes, there will be personal injury protection, which is $10,000. You can buy more, and in some rare instances you can opt out. Most people don't, and you shouldn't, in my opinion. But, um, but yes, $10,000 and no fault, or BRB, basic reparations benefits, or PIP, personal injury protection, are all the same thing. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point. If if you were, there's a lot of questions on, well, what if you're just traveling through Kentucky? You don't actually live in Kentucky, so you don't have a Kentucky policy. Um, let's say you live in Tennessee, and you're driving through Kentucky on your way to, whatever, Ohio or something, and you get in a wreck in Kentucky. Um, while your home state, Tennessee, does not have PIP, um, so that insurance policy wouldn't actually contain a PIP coverage, um, if the wreck happened in Kentucky and the insurance company writes policies in Kentucky, so if it's one of the big ones, you know, State Farm, Allstate, Liberty Mutual, one of those big ones, um, they are still required to 
um, to provide PIP coverage. So that's an interesting thing that, because we, we do practice in Tennessee, so we have a lot of clients that, um, you know, live in Tennessee or, you know, crossing over the border there. So there is instances where your own insurance policy might not actually have that coverage, but you're still entitled to the coverage um, if it hap- if the wreck happened in, in Kentucky. Um, so, so yeah, the first thing when we get the case, right, we open, we open the PIP claim. We put the insurance company, your insurance company on notice that uh, there's been a wreck. We give them kind of a brief explanation of what your injuries are, um, you know, whatever we know at that point. Um, and that reserves, uh, the mo- or we put the money on reserve um, so that there's, and, and again, that's another sort of strategy that I think um, Doug and I do well, and it, and it helps the clients in the long run. Again, another, it could be another topic of an entire podcast itself on reserving the PIP benefits um, uh, because we can make that money, kind of stretch that money on throughout the case so that we make that $10,000 really work um, for you. This is what Natalie's such a good lawyer. She's thinking about three steps ahead. <laughs> i got to brag on Natalie for a minute. Nat- Natalie is great at a lot of things, and one of them being genuinely very conscientious about taking care of the clients at every stage of this. Um, I hate to say this, but some lawyers don't do a very good job of this, I just to be candid. They'll sign the client up, and, and the client's kind of on their own for the, the $10,000 of PIP. What, what Natalie always does, she'll reserve the PIP money, meaning if if your attorney or you do not reserve the PIP money, if you don't tell your insurance company, hey, I, I will be the one that decides who gets this money, then your insurance company who handles your PIP will simply pay whatever medical provider happens to get the bill there first. Why does that matter? Well, hypothetically, let's say when it's all said and done, you needed about $15,000 in medical care and you only have $10,000 in PIP. If you hadn't reserved PIP, whoever happened to get the bills there first um, and if I were a betting person, I'd say it would probably be a chiropractor. That, too, is a topic for another conversation. Um, whoever gets the bills there first will get their $10,000, and then you might not get the next $5,000 in care, or you might be left holding a $5,000 bill. But when Natalie's your attorney, she reserves the money, and in doing so, she could then negotiate with the providers at the end of the case and say, my client and I want to make sure everyone's taken care of here, you have $15,000 in bills. We have $10,000 in money. We're all on the same page here. Let's figure out how to do this in a way that everyone's satisfied and no one's you know, going to collections or getting denied treatment they need. Does that make sense? I say to the thousands of people <laughs> the listening. The abyss. Uh, the abyss out in cyberspace. <laughs> Jess, does that make sense? Totally. Thank you. Totally. So... So Natalie does a great job with that, but I'm sorry I cut you off. And well, you are always welcome to cut me off with uh, with any make words sure of make, praise. Make sure that makes make sure that make sure that no, no, make sure that gets on there. Well, thank you for the kind words, Doug. <laughs> uh, the same is is true of, of Doug. Obviously, uh, any of my uh, strategies or or you know good uh, <clears throat> legal um, strategies is the only word I can think of uh, came from Doug. Basically, learned everything I know about personal injury uh, work and. And uh, and law really uh, from Doug. So, so that's not true. Make sure it gets on the podcast. Now they're <laughs> well, a great team. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Oh, now I'm flustered. I'm feeling all warm and and fuzzy. Uh, 
Okay, so we have the pip claim, right? We, we put all that on reserve. Um, <clears throat> that makes sure there's money to pay that first, you know, big chunk of medical bills that are going to come in once you follow Doug's step two and go to the doctor after your wreck. Um, and lost wages uh, if you're out of work. Um, so we open the PIP claim. The other claim we talked about opening is the bodily injury claim, and that would be with the other person's insurance company. Um, so if, assuming there's no fault issues, uh, well, even, I mean, even if there is a, a fault issue, so we open a claim with um, your own insurance, which is the PIP claim that we talked about, and then the other person's insurance uh, would be the bodily injury or the liability claim. And that is um, uh, where we uh, put them on notice of your damages um, and uh, let them know that we'll be seeking compensation for those damages. Now, what are damages? That's pretty broad. Can I ask a question real quick? Sure, absolutely. Um, before calling an attorney, do you think it'd be a good idea for the person to just Call the other side's insurance company and see if they can't just work all this out. It might save some money that way. Yeah, no, please never, ever do that. Absolutely I'm really good at not. negotiating, though. Should <laughs> I negotiate with them? 100, 1,000% no. You should absolutely never talk to, really, even your own insurance company, for that matter, but no insurance company. Um, don't call them. Uh, don't Absolutely don't give any sort of recorded statement. What if the guy says he's trying to help? Oh, yeah, I'm sure, 100%. He's He's... They, they. I, I just want to document this so I can make sure you get you get paid and you get reimbursed. That is never. Well, he might get in trouble. <laughs> well, that's that's fine. Let him do his. Not your problem. Oh well, you just it's like well, his lawyers. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, the insurance. If you're not represented by an attorney, if you're not represented by counsel, the insurance company for the other side will try to call you and try to get a statement. They are not on your side. They are not on your side. They are not on your side. I can't say that enough. They will try to get you. Here's how it works, okay? I mean, it's, you know, hey, hey, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. Doing good. Doing all right. Doing good. Now, see what happened there? Everybody in God's green earth would answer that question the same way, like Natalie just did. I'm doing good. I'm fine. That Six months down the road, well, Miss Collier Smith, isn't it true when you spoke to our adjuster on blah, blah, blah date, you said you were, quote, doing all right, doing good, doing fine. Yeah. See, they, anything that happens, they will use anything in that statement against you. They are doing that to get you to say something that they will make sound like you're fine, everything's fine, you're not hurt, you, don't, you shouldn't get a settlement, so on and so forth. They have a strategy, it's all part of a plan. Believe me on this, okay? Yeah, they have a whole course booklet where the, the adjusters are trained to ask certain questions and be just friendly enough that it makes you feel sort of comfortable and you're just chatting with somebody and that they're try, just trying to, you know, they're on your side and they're your friend. That is not true whatsoever. Please do yeah. not believe these people. Don't talk to them. Um, it's, yeah, and, and most people, you know, aren't, overly com complaining type people. So if they say, oh, I'm, do I'm doing okay. You know, how are you after the wreck? I'm doing okay. Because they don't have, you know, they're not missing a limb or they didn't break a bone or, you know, they don't have, they didn't get stitches or they don't have a concussion. I mean, there are a lot of injuries where I'm fine is a, is a fairly appropriate response, but you still actually do have injuries for which you are entitled compensation. So, so yeah, please, please do not, don't talk to them. Don't give statements because it is all 
set up to, to work against you in the long run. And what Nally and I will do is send a letter of representation to that insurance company to make sure that they know you're represented by counsel and they cannot contact you. Right. So that, that would nip that in the bud, so to speak. Um, we would also, and I don't, I don't have lost in the weeds we want to get here, um, but another thing we do at that point is find out how much insurance coverage there is, both from the, ideally from the person that hits you and also on your side. Um, a lot of people sometimes get confused about what kind of insurance coverage they have. Some people have uninsured motorist coverage. Some people have underinsured motorist coverage. A lot of people don't know if they have that. Uh, that's something Natalie and I find out for you uh, once we open a claim with your insurance company. And we'll probably go more into that in a later podcast, but yeah. just kind of just so you know. Now, at that point in time, I, simultaneous to this, they, I, because you listened to the first part of the podcast, you called 911 and? Went to see help. Got seek help. Medical help, right? So you went to the ER. or, or uh, The ER said follow up in 48 hours. So what do you do? Follow up 48 hours. <laughs> exactly. What I want to stress to you is while we are lawyers, not doctors, and you should be following your medical advice, um, the most important thing even at this stage is that you're still keeping up with your medical care, and that's important. If the ER referred you to go to a doctor, go to that doctor. Um, I always tell, and Natalie always tells people, call your primary care physician. Make sure your primary care physician's in the loop. Get in to see him or her, um, you know, ASAP. One thing we found, and this, this too could be a topic for a podcast, unfortunately, some physicians will not see people who are in car wrecks, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, make them turn you away. Make sure that you are getting the medical help you need. You know, follow your doctor's advice. The ER tells you to follow up somebody, make sure you follow up with them. Yeah, that does. We see that more and more now, especially with with family doctors or primary care you call them up and you say I've been in a car wreck and um, I, I want to get in to see my family doctor and, and you find out oh they this this particular doctor doesn't see people for car wrecks which is unfortunate because that's usually the best place you know if you if you don't go to the emergency room then your family doctor is usually the best place to go for um, initial treatment um, that's for there's probably a, a number of reasons a lot of uh, have to do with doctors don't want to necessarily like lawyers all the time and maybe don't want to get involved if if they think you know there's usually a lot of uh, some claims or litigation out of uh, that happens out of a car wreck um, so they just say we don't want to deal with that so we're not going to treat people for car wrecks which again is unfortunate but um, I've never met a doctor didn't like a lawyer <laughs> that's an inside joke we'll elaborate yeah. on future podcasts <laughs> yeah. but uh, go ahead sorry. Um, no, it's just so it's it's not uncommon if you find that if you you know Let's say you didn't listen to the first part of this podcast, so you, you are not informed that you should go to the ER, and then you wake up the next day and you think, man, I, I'm really sore. I'm going to see if I can get into my family doctor. You call them, you know, don't be shocked if they say, or it's not somehow, you know, they're, a lot of doctors just don't do that anymore, which, again, is unfortunate, but it just is the case. So there are other, you can always find a doctor that will see you, though. So And, and again, there's money there to pay doctor bills. So Okay, so we've, again, talked about... You need to call 911, the need for medical attention, the need to call an attorney, and giving you a, some basics on what the attorney does. Uh, in future podcasts, we're going to take it from there and go into greater detail, but uh, we don't overwhelm you with too much information today. If you've stayed with us this far, we're very, very grateful. I mean, well, why wouldn't you have? I mean, come on. 
we do know there's a lot of uh, a lot of choices out there for entertainment. So uh, we we do hope that you stay with us, and uh, we do promise to liven this up and uh, try to make this what we say in being the least boring uh, attorney podcast out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll work on it. How do you think we did on that? We're, um, I'd give us a solid four right now in terms <laughs> out of, of four? boringness. Four well, four. I was going four out of ten. Oh, but, no. but, I'll, I'll we'll do this. Uh, Doug is um, the leading trivia uh, person in the office. So, um, Doug, let's leave him with a... Um, a pretty interesting trivia fact. I like it. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. What I got? Nope, I've got one. I was pausing for dramatic effect. Thank you very much. Um, it's theater of the mind. It's the radio. We, I, Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, there are 120 counties in Kentucky. There are two states that have more. Are there, is this specific to Commonwealths or any no, state? No, any state. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. Would it be, am I allowed to ask questions? <laughs> Is this like a 20 questions? You can phone a friend. Yeah, 50-50 and phone a friend. Ask the audience. Does size of the state play a role? In one. Texas. That's one. Very good. Florida. Close. Hmm. Georgia. You got it. Yeah. Ooh, wow. There you go. See how, see how, see how much you learn in this podcast? <laughs> see? Look at, look at that. The way you were able to synthesize the information. Ask an attorney some questions, and boom. That's a, that's a perfect explanation of why you call an attorney and how this works. And hopefully, we'll keep going from there. Yeah. Jess, thank you for setting this up. Great Very job. much appreciate it. Yeah. Natalie, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, Doug. Thank you. Jess, thank you. Yeah, happy Tuesday. And, uh, and many more, hopefully, least boring, uh, <laughs> or I should say less boring, maybe, uh, episodes to come. No, great.